Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. Welcome back to The Dominator, hosted by Player Profiler. I am your host, Billy Musio. With me today, I have one of the best rankers in the world, Jake Seeley. Jake Seeley is a senior fantasy writer over at The Athletic Fantasy. He is an award-winning analyst and among the best in the fantasy football rankings in the community. He has had multiple top five football finishes and baseball accuracies, including multiple first-place finishes. And the most important piece, he is a ducktail lover. There you go. <laughs> Jake, welcome to the pod. Excited to talk to some projections with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's, yeah, it's never too early for these, as you and I were talking about before I even jumped on here. Uh, that's right. You know, we're in May. I've done this every month now with with somebody talking through projections, talking through rankings. Um, as always, we would like to say these are subject to change at any time. <laughs> so if you're watching this in August, it might be outdated. Uh, however, it is bit. still fun to discuss. Um, and I, I'm just excited to start talking about some of these these backfield situations, some of these receivers. There's a lot going on here um, that I'm excited that we're going to break down. Yeah, it's always like the, the, the just don't watch this in August is what we should really say. It's like <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be like, why do you have this person on this team? Like, well, you know, this is what happens when we're doing it early. But th- this is for the early drafters, which there's still way too many of them. Yeah, it, we're in May. That's we're diehards. Um, <laughs> You know, the underdog fantasies and, and yeah. the FFPCs, they've brought out the, the the most degenerate people in the world, including myself, in drafting and creating these these monster teams prior to knowing any of the landing spots, prior to knowing any of the schedule. That's the fun part about it. It's the wild, wild west, and that's what we love drafting. Yeah, so that catch-22. <laughs> it's like you, you might, you're way ahead of the curve on the undervalued players, but then by August, you know, you might have two or three guys that, aren't even playing anymore because they blew their ACL. <laughs> That's right. That's part of football, though. Well, let's um, before we hop in it, let's get a quick read from one of our sponsors. Oh, I'm wearing Cody's hat in honor of Cody Carpentier. He has finished the rookie guide. It is a masterpiece. The best rookie guide you will read that combines both real NFL draft analysis and fantasy analysis. This guy goes deep. I mean, do you know who Tyon Evans is? This man wrote up and ranked 40 running backs, 40 wide receivers, 15 quarterbacks, and 23 tight ends. 23 tight ends? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. We've got fantasy rookie draft cheat sheets for super flex and single quarterback to go along with these write-ups that include analytics player comps and play style player comps. All the stats you need, the analysis you need to understand what kind of impact these guys are going to have in the NFL and for your fantasy team. So go to playerprofiler.com, go to any player page, go to the NFL draft section, and click the button to get the rookie guide. It's just 10 bucks. That's it. That's all. It's not the most expensive, but it is the best. Cody did a phenomenal job with that thing. Like, I am not a, a rookie prospect analyst, and I <laughs> my process starts once they land on teams, and I can start kind of deciphering the code and, and figuring out the matrix and what type of involvement they're going to have. But it was amazing to see like how deep he went in that, that, that guide. And, and I, I had to Google players names cause I didn't even know them. Right. And, and try to figure out who they were and, and go into the system and see their college performance. And um, it's, it's impressive when you go that deep instead of rookie guide. 
I, I used to do the same thing, honestly. And then I pulled myself back. I'm like, I, I give him credit for doing that because I know how it feels. I used to do the 120 and 130. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't even care about these like 1700 undrafted players that nobody's like, yeah, it's cool. And you're like XFL. I know that guy. But then like for me, I'm like, I, I can't, I can't do it anymore. So I'm down to 75 this year. So I give him a ton of credit for that. I'm still sticking with it. <laughs> well, let's hop into a rookie that everyone does care about. And that is Bijan Robinson. So Bijan got drafted with pick 108 here in the 2023 draft by the Atlanta Falcons. Many of us had him projected to land here. Uh, Arthur Smith wanted his Derrick Henry in Atlanta. They love to run the ball. Um, however, there is just a few things that I just can't get over. One ADP mm. has him at RB two right now, which is mm. extremely high in my opinion. <laughs> ECR ex- expert consensus ranking has him as RB five. You and I are seeing things a little bit more eye to eye here. So Jake's ranking is RB eight minus RB seven. We have a similar vision and how we think this is going to work out. Please tell me and the listeners why the masses are wrong in drafting him RB two. <laughs> Uh, really what it comes down to is just let's be real about what he is with his landing spot, the offense, most importantly. So yep. <clears throat> what I look at with B. John Robinson, it's not that he's not a bell cow, not a workhorse. I mean, we all know he's one of the ge- generational talents. So like we know how good he is, but I don't expect the Falcons to necessarily use him in the passing game enough. Like, so my comp for fantasy. So I do two things is like, go back to that rookie guy things i like to talk about like what do you expect a fantasy production comp to be so like while somebody might be mike evans production that doesn't mean they're necessarily mike evans the player i think that kind of gives people an idea so what i said for Bijan robinson for fantasy for fantasy only he's nick chubb ceiling and when i say that is because i think really as a rookie he's probably going to fall into that mid-20s maybe 30 to 35 receptions and that's the biggest catch here is because yes he should be a bell cow yes arthur smith is going to give him 300 almost 350 touches but the majority is going to come in the run game desmond ritter probably not going to check down to the running backs a lot and if so why are we still ignoring the fact cordero patterson hasn't gone anywhere tyler algier is going to get sprinkled in uh so it's not that i dislike Bijan robinson i mean i had him clearly the number one running back in this draft class he's been one of the best of the past five six years but when you look at it uh, when it comes down to projections i actually do have his done I have him for 1,361 rushing yards. That's like, people will be like, wow, then how do you not have him RB2? I have for 12 rushing touchdowns. People are like, yep. half, wow, how do you have not RB2? Because I have him for 210 receiving yards and 30 receptions and one receiving touchdown. I think it comes down to the offense, the scoring of the offense, the number of plays they're going to run because they are going to be so run heavy. And that's really what it comes down to. So the guys that are in front of them, like Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Austin Ecklers of the world, even Josh Jacobs, it just comes down to, he's not, quite there yet maybe in another year with this offense maybe Ritter develops as people hope but it just comes down to we have to be reasonable about like the touch and the touchdown equity when it comes down to it (laughs) did you have that queued up (laughs) I did have it queued up (laughs) thank you like this is this is logical like I I, people are like RB2 he's gonna have 100 targets I'm like you know he's on the Falcons right that's like 25 percent target share (laughs) it it wouldn't happen in this offense like this expected pass volume in my projection is the lowest in the league i haven't projected for 499 pass attempts 497 is like their two-year expected rate and so they are literally at the bottom of the league we have them atlanta bottom we have tennessee number two chicago number three and that's with the proposed efficiencies with, with with the new offense and so Bijan Robinson, like you said, generational talent, even though that word is not thrown around generationally anymore. It's every year someone's generational <laughs> talent. But nonetheless, he is a generational talent. But it breaks down, just like you said, it's the passing volume. It's the amount of work they have. They still have an alpha Drake London. They still have Kyle Pitts, who's coming off injury. Like you mentioned, they still have Cordell Patterson. And yes, he's not this exceptional running back, but we saw his usage in the passing game. We saw his usage on the ground. And it's not like that's just going to completely disappear. We saw right. Tyler Algier eclipse 200 you know, carries last year, and so it's not like he's going to completely disappear. So people hate to look at the raw numbers and the facts that, yes, these backs are less of a, of a talent than, than Bijan, but they still are on the team, and they're still going to have a role, and it's not as if that role is going to be completely gone just because they took him 108. Yes, it's an early draft pick. Yes, the draft capital is there. Yes, the talent is there. Everything would say that they're going to give him the ball this amount of times. But Nick Chubb is perfect because 
Nick Chubb, if Nick Chubb just caught like 10, 15 more passes a year, he'd be like RB2 every year, RB3. But it's the how many years have we wanted that? Yeah, it's you know, this might be the year now. No Kareem Hunt, right? It's like I've had to like temper my expectations for 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 Chubb this year because I feel like it's gonna be the year now. But um Bijan's the same thing. So I haven't projected for, and I've felt like this was generous. I have him for 50 targets and 37.3 receptions. So um, I'm really close to you there. I have him as seven. You have him as eight. That's probably a difference of one or two catches. And so I don't have him as high on the ground. I have him for 1,200 rushing yards and 9.8 rushing touchdowns. It's a pretty conservative number. But even if I bumped him up to 10, 11, he's still going to come in as RB6, 7. So it's RB2, in my opinion. You're drafting him above the ceiling. We are now <laughs> – I got like a, a Twitter argument with a troll the other day. I was like, crying out loud, how do people not understand this? And he said he's only going to go up. I'm like, he's an RB2. You can't go up much higher than two. You you can go to one. That's it. So I think that's the biggest thing that, that you're kind of like putting in there is something I say every single year. Is so I don't, I say, don't buy at peak value. Now that's hard to get away from when you're talking about first round. I mean, how much improvement can you get at first round? But you can still talk about first round when you're talking about Bijan Robinson being RB2 versus. Nick Chubb or even Derrick Henry or Tony Pollard and Najah Harris, like all these ones, like at the end of the first round with, yeah, it would take a lot to break right for them to be RB2, but so would it for B. John Robinson. You're actually Correct. buying everything to break right for B. John Robinson to be two. You're giving yourself no return on investment possibility. It, it, that's the exact phrase I like to use. We had to look at return on investment. Whenever we draft players, it's just like the stock market. If you are able to get a return on that investment, like Debo Samuel going in around nine a couple years ago, like when you get somebody who's now performing at two, three, four, five, six rounds ahead of where you draft them, it's how you're winning leagues. The ceiling for Bijan is RB2. The floor is RB12, RB13. Yeah. And so yeah. you are now putting yourself in a very bad spot as an investment standpoint of getting a return on that player and where you took him. So I am out on Bijan Robinson as RB2. Another RB I want to talk about today is Aaron Jones uh, from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, in my rankings, I have him as RB12. You have him as RB20. So we do have an eight spot gap here. Uh, ECR is split down the middle, RB15. And ADP is floating right there as well, RB16. Curious as to why you're as low on Jones, um, assuming it's Aaron Rodgers in the offense, but Walk me through what you think is going to happen in this offense and, and how you project this to look. Yeah, with, with the move away from Rodgers, I know a lot of people think that they're going to run more, which I don't necessarily have a problem with. But we're also talking about the team is like mid-pack last year. They, they ran a decent amount. They're like, I think, 15th. So they're just right there in the middle. Uh, even if they do run a little bit more, my takeaway in like going through rejections, the Packers aren't 100% done for me, but they're mostly done. To give you an idea, I have from 194 rush attempts. That's not that far off for Aaron Jones when it comes down to I still have A.J. Dillon getting 40%, and we also saw A.J. Dillon be less than what we expected as a whole. The entire community expected more from A.J. Dillon last year. There was a big reason people were taking A.J. Dillon in like the sixth or even seventh round saying like, hey, you know, what if Aaron Jones misses any time at all or they're just going to continue to share that backfield? But what it comes down to to go back to the rushing upside is I really do think the biggest loss here is that people are expecting Jordan Love to factor in. And now Jordan Love is not even going to be Daniel Jones, but he's going to do more on the ground than Aaron Rodgers did. So you take that percentage away, and I kind of have Aaron Jones checking in at his same percentage of workload, but even with that tick up in the rushing, it's still going to affect them when it comes down to also, again, go back to the same thing with Bijan Robinson. How effective is the scoring offense now? So I do have a lower touchdown per rush share for this team this year. I just think that comes in hand with Jordan Love now under center. And really what it comes down to is I'm looking at, so I have Aaron Jones. Again, these are like, there's a few ancillary, like I could basically say this because the ancillary running backs are not going to rank RB 16, 17 or anything. Aaron yeah. Jones damaged right now for me between Joe Mixon and Brees Hall. Cause I think Brees Hall might come off to a slow start with that injury. Yep. Talk about that. Like the Saquon Barkley year, like hundred percent by the end of September. But I say that to say, like I have, Cook, Etienne, Mixon, Jones, Hall, Walker, get, they're all in with not even 10 points of each other over yeah. the course of the full all season. clustered. Yeah, so one touchdown, as you brought it with Bijan Robinson, and all of a sudden Aaron Jones is five spots higher for me. But my biggest concern is the Green Bay Packers' efficiency offense. That That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I have that group clustered as well. I mean, Aaron Jones, Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, Joe Mixon, Travis Etienne, they're all separated by like 10, 12 fantasy points. 
Um, it can go either way, quite frankly. I, I do expect Green Bay to run a lot more 12 personnel. That's that's where I'm going with this. I think that mm. we'll also see a little bit more dump-offs from to Aaron Jones. He saw it at a 13-plus percent target share last year. I think it was 13.4. I don't have him projected quite that high. I'm at 11.5 because I do expect this offense to be less efficient. But I I do have a little bit more in the rushing. Not a lot, though. It's not like I went you know crazy on, on the rushing. I don't have him eclipsing 200 attempts. Um, I just have him <clears throat> rushing touchdowns. Yeah, rushing touchdowns like six point seven. Uh, no, five point oh. three. Five point oh, three. We're, we're almost in lockstep there. Then, so, so you, it, I guess is it the passing side. Then, what do you have on the passing side? Yeah, so the passing side, I have uh, 60, 67 targets. I have him for fifty-one receptions and then three hundred and fifty-seven. Okay, so yards. here's the answer. Wait, 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 wait. This is crazy. I have him for sixty-seven targets, fifty-one receptions, three hundred eighty-one receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns. It sounds like what the difference is is not necessarily Aaron Jones. And it's this is good. This is clusters. this is it's the people around him. It's the people. Around him. So like. I probably have a few people just in front of them that you might have behind them. I'm guessing one of them might be JK Dobbins, but like yeah. stuff like that. Like, so I think this is good to have these kind of discussions where people might just hear us. And if we only focus on Aaron Jones, it almost sounds like we're on different pages, but we're actually pretty close. We're really close. Yeah. We're like yeah. within a couple catches. <laughs> so yeah, this is, this is, we're, we're like spot on in terms of numbers. Um, yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. It's just funny. So we're just have super tight clusters in both of our rankings. And like yeah. you mentioned, like, so you mentioned Dobbins. Where do you have Dobbins? I have, like, he's he's in this cluster too, but he's towards the bottom so of the cluster. It's interesting. So this is where it comes down to rankings versus projections. And uh, this is kind of ties into everything we're talking about here today. So for rankings, I would rank him in the next tier. I would rank him in a tier yeah. with like Dalvin Cook and the risk right now, like right now, as of today, not going yeah. what's going on ahead. Miles Sanders, like, yeah. yeah. Is he going to be a bell cow with Carolina? Like, baby, Joe Mixon, risk there. So he's in that group. But projections wise, he actually checks in as RB12. So there's the difference. Yeah. So I have, I have, like, I would draft him at RB17 because it goes to the risk factor. Is mm -hmm. like, I don't need to draft him at RB12. I could draft him at RB17 and still get him before most people are going to be taking him. But it comes down to that risk factor because for me, for Dobbins, it comes down to, and this is, again, this is why it's always fun for you and me and people like us to look at our projections. I actually even did a double take when I saw this. My projections came out for 13 rushing touchdowns. So, Dobbins is very touchdown heavy, very touchdown reliant. You go back to the Mark Ingram year where he finished top 10 with this offense with only 200 rush attempts. But that's what it comes down to. That's probably scary to look at. And I hate like relying on touchdowns like that. But if anybody was going to do it, I think it'd be J.K. Dobbins. That, that stretch at the end of the year was amazing. I'm sorry. We, we completely sidebarred on J.K. No, Dobbins it's fine. I'm I'm, I, I love talking projections. So I'm fine doing whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, he really was impressive. I mean, he was like one-legged too. Like you saw him like on a breakaway. So this was an impressive part about it. He had the third highest breakaway run rate in the league at over 10%, 10.9, almost 11%. And when he was running down the sideline, you saw like a, like a, like a hitch. Like he, he mm -hmm. wasn't fully healthy and he was still breaking away runs and scoring. And so he came in really high in my original run and I kind of tempered it a little bit. I need to probably go back through since Lamar's back. We got Monk and we know the team's going to be running the ball as, as just as much. And so this is a good discussion because I probably need to go back and take a look at Dobbins again because I haven't done it yet because I did like him. He did come in high in the projections. I kind of tempered it back because there was uncertainty in the offense and I haven't had a chance to go back through and update it yet. So I'm, I'm actually making a note right now, Dobbins. <laughs> You're making <laughs> go back on Dobbins. <laughs> this is why we have these conversations. I will say you said you like take things back and like double. so I go back to this and this isn't to like this isn't a victory lap this this is this point out like sometimes we you like you me anybody we can overthink ourselves is the year that mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson won the MVP my projections spat him out as QB one I had a podcast where I was oh, talking man. about that and I was like that's insane like I even sat there and I was like I gotta pull him back and I pulled him back to like QB three or four that year I should have just left it alone. Like, so, so like sometimes like trust the process of like, like the yeah. 76ers, but maybe that's not the best all the time. Yeah. I, I like trusting the process too, but it's usually like if I have a, just a hunch on somebody and then I move them because of uncertainty, it's like, I'm going to bet on the talent, right? I'm going to bet yes. on the fact that, that he, we know he's good. He's exceptional. He just had a, an injury. He's finally a year removed from that injury. Like there's a lot less uncertainty now, especially now that Lamar's back and is going to create running lanes. And so now that that uncertainty is resolved, it allows me to go back to my original process and, and you know, boost it back up a bit because I like manually tweaked it down. It's like yeah. 
it, it was like 21 when I won the 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 pre-draft rankings, and it was I take bold stands. Like I had Debo in the top 20. I had I had um you know Eckler RB2 that year. And so it all went right. But if shit, if I would have missed, it would have looked like it would have been horrible. <laughs> right. And so, but I I agree that we have to take stands, especially that's what's going to separate us. Like we have to look at it and say, no. The process is right. I liked what I did. I went through. It makes sense to me. I'm going to leave it. Right. But in yeah. this scenario, I know I need to adjust it. Um, all right. Back to the show sheet. Let's move on to David Montgomery because we're kind of in lockstep here with Aaron Jones. And it's just a matter of the clusters around him. So David Montgomery, I have RB24. You have RB31. Uh, again, ECR splitting us 27 ECR, ADP at 25, a little closer to where I have him projected. I project this to be very similar to last year, although it looks like we're both high on Gibbs. I have him as 18. I believe you had him as 19. The difference is, is our RB2 here, how much we think they're going to be involved. So I'm curious what your projections are for David Montgomery. I haven't projected in that, that Jamal Williams role last year. I kind of think that mm-hmm. they stick to that lightning and thunder, but use a little bit more lightning this year because Swift was non-existent last year. Think David Montgomery is a much better back than Jamal Williams is at this point in his career. We, we've seen Montgomery's involvement in the passing game. We know he can be efficient in in short yardage. Walk me through your projections with him. So yeah, that comes down to uh, I think you can have it's not mutually exclusive to say he's Jamal Williams' role, but to expect that kind of touchdown success is kind of yeah, insane. That's so like fine. we can like yeah we can like both, and I will one hundred percent like uh, for him. I actually do have Detroit completely done. Uh, Detroit for David Montgomery, I have 211 rush attempts, uh, yeah. and for 892 rushing yards, eight rushing touchdowns. That's the key right there. So, you know, yeah. that's kind of in that's David Montgomery actually with a little boost in touchdown efficiency compared to what he's been before. Cause the three years, 889, 849, 801, it's six, eight, and five. That's that's David Montgomery. So if the Detroit Lions help him and boost that touchdown share on, on like a per touch basis, you know, he gets to 11-12. I'm looking right now. So, like, he's in the 180-something range. If he gets three more touchdowns, he would jump up to actually right around Aaron Jones. So, I think it just really comes down to what kind of touchdown success do you expect? Well, what do you have in the passing game? I think that's where different. Because you actually haven't projected for half a touchdown more than I do. Um, uh, I think our, our 35, our yard- 261, and 1. 35. 266, and 1. 35 receptions, 266 yards, and 1 receiving touchdown. I don't have a lot. I don't love David so, Montgomery as a pass catcher. Yeah, I only have him for 25 receptions for 225 and one and a half. So we, we're very <laughs> close. So I think it's I think it's in our yards per carry then. What do you have him? You have him for like four yards per carry? Uh, his exact, I can even give you, I told you he's completely done. I can go to his team and tell yeah, you my I'm, exact I'm yards per yeah. carry. <laughs> my exact I'm 4.2. Yards his expected 4.2 rate was two. We're, so that's just we're, close, we're, it's, we're clustered this is this again. is another one well okay so let's talk again let's look at this tier and this is yeah. you know as a sidebar to, again i'll do another one for everybody but this is you know people want to know how to draft better so yeah. when i drop off from gibbs gibbs there's a big drop there's an eight point difference from gibbs to the next running back so as yeah. of right now and that's and pretty gibbs significant for us for it, it's yeah, it's not even a you know point per game, but it's you can see the biggest gap because then I go 190, 189, 188, 188, 186, 185, 185, 184, 182. And David Montgomery's in that mix. So again, this might go back to the similar conversation we had before, uh, where we might agree on David Montgomery projections wise, yep. but where he checks in at the ranks, it comes down yep. to like so to go back to Gibbs. I take acres. I can't believe I'm doing this again, but at least we don't have to take acres in the fourth <laughs> round this year. <laughs> That's the good get thing. Get an eight and nine this year. <laughs> I know. So I have acres. I have Rashad White. That one doesn't feel good to my stomach. I probably won't add any Rashad White yeah. shares at this point. I just, you want to talk about a team that feels like they might screw up everything with like that is like bring back letter for Nat or even sign Ezekiel Elliott, which doesn't make sense for their tanking, but that's a complete yeah. sidebar there. Um, but like yeah, the Cam Walkers of the world. Bar. Yeah, sidebar to sidebar. Isaiah Pacheco, I take because I would trust him in the Chiefs offense. Uh, so that's what it comes down to. It's just, just a few names where you could argue in this same tier, you prefer David Montgomery. And I won't sit here and be like, you're crazy because you're in the same tier. Yeah, I have, you know, Pacheco and Montgomery within like three points, but Montgomery's slightly ahead. Yeah. I got yeah, so you know, you go. Connor, you know, a couple points ahead. And so, yeah, it sounds like it's another just a, a tier, a tier of, um, of, of their own here. Um, there's a big drop off for me from Madison to, to like who's RB 27 in my projections to 
Swift and then AJ Dillon and Brian Robinson. There's at that point, it goes, it's almost nine points, you know? And so it's, that's yeah. where it teeters on that back end RB two to like the high end RB three. My yeah. biggest gap is all the way down at RB 35 and 36 from Penny to Jeff Wilson. It's a 15 point drop. So that's my biggest, that's, that's the biggest gap I have of that's, that's actually, if you think about it, that's a huge gap, almost that a point a per game. Gap. Yeah. yeah. That is massive. Yeah, I don't have that big of a one. I have another nine point at RB thirty four to thirty five, but right around 15. the same range. Yeah, yeah, it's it's P Ryan to cook for me. Doesn't everybody listening want to get involved in making your own projections? Isn't this <laughs> but this is no, and all kidding. Like not to like promote myself, but this is why I did this two years ago. Is I put my projections customized sheet so you can download it and because all the percentage numbers are in there for every single team is because if you're like sitting here listening you're like hey billy and jake are crazy like dave montgomery's <laughs> gonna get 65 percent. he's gonna get all the touchdown at the goal line and you can you can go in there change the numbers and be like oh my god look dave montgomery's rb5 like so i mean we did this on a podcast (laughs) we did this live because someone was calling me out saying that jameer gibbs i had too low in the projections and that gibbs was going to see 60 percent of the rushing share and i'm like okay first and foremost a rookie's not going to see 60% of the share. That's like Derrick Henry volume. Number two, if I did do it, let's see where he goes. And he moved to RB2. And we did it. Yeah, he did it. Because I, I have so high in the passing game. So it was like this like CMC role. I'm super curious. Like, let's say, let's say, I'm going to find out right now where he ends up for me doing that. I bet you he's close. Say. You probably have him high in, in the passing too. I do. With that 261 rush attempts with that. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he ended up RB five. <laughs> That's the fun part is doing that. And then I love like showing people on the screen live. Like this is why it's you do projections because you may say he's going to get 60%, but to really break down what 60% looks like, it's a lot of fucking touches. <laughs> That's there's not that many right see that's the thing too is i think um another good thing about talking through this show and like projections and stuff is a lot of times when we'll even do our podcast and we'll sit here and be like he's gonna get 60 percent of the work blah blah blah. we'll get like 35 percent. you know the sprinkle and like we hear the work and then there's a difference because you know this as much as i do 60 percent of the entire touches is actually more than what you think about because there's all these like i said ancillary doesn't like the, the word of the day ancillary is you know all these extra little five carries seven carries 10 yep. here there and everywhere and if you're talking about true 60 percent, i mean that's a massive volume there's what five six running backs that you can truly say get 60 percent of the if you're what rushing derrick henry derrick henry's one for sure cmc i think hit it this, last year um the, the, then, but there's Chubb's Josh probably going to hit it this year. Hit Taylor, this year. Jacobs hit it last year. Taylor, if he's healthy. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's we could say he's on Robinson, but uh, yeah, that's might. That's yeah, a, that might be about it. Maybe a healthy yeah. Najee Harris because the uh, first half of the season last year, yeah. and then once he got back to 100%, maybe. And that's maybe. Yeah. There's, and that's exactly what it is. It's, and I said this on, this on the podcast at the same time we were, you know, showing that 60% projection. It's like you have to account for, you know, the Amon Ross St. Brown carries of the end zone, which is going right. to be like eight, eight touches throughout the entire season. That's 2%, right? You have to talk about Jamison Williams, who's going to come in off his suspension, who might see three or four carries. That's going to be like half a percent to 1%, right? And so you start adding up all these little pieces, including the quarterback and the quarterback twos, and then the receivers and the running backs and a tight end touch here and there. It's like, it's very hard to get to 60%. <laughs> all right. Um, Khalil Herbert. RB38 yeah. for me, RB28 for you. Again, mm-hmm. ECR split between the two of us, 32. And ADP is actually below both of us, 39. So this breaks down to how we have this backfield divided. It's a three-headed monster. We have Khalil Herbert, we have Foreman, and now we have Roshan Johnson. So I'm assuming it's just broken down to how we have this pie separated, but walk me through how yours is separated. <clears throat> yeah, so mine is, I, I still believe in Khalil Herbert. Uh I, I was, I, this is also something I sat here with the cautionary tale that said before the draft happens, trade Cleo over uh, Like, because I was pumping him up so much that like, if you could get high on RB2 value for him, it's like trade him. Like this feels like one of those teams where you could look and if they didn't draft for Sean Johnson, like we would have been celebrating, but yeah. it just looked like this was an opening for them to ruin things. I think there's a little too much excitement of Rashawn Johnson. I think that's the problem that people are falling into. And that's why you see his ADP as low as it is, that being Herbert's. The shiny new toy, rookie running backs. But let's talk about Herbert as a player. And maybe this is just coming from somebody who, like, you know, I look at the talent, I look at the production, I look at the fact that he was an RB1 and able to handle being an RB1 when David Montgomery went down. This is somebody who's been proven. Now, 
the Bears clearly don't want him to be that kind of running back. I think there's plenty of running backs like him. And no, I'm not putting him in the same tier talent wise as these players. But like, you know, DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, like teams tell us they don't want them to be bell cow running backs because that's how you get guys killed or what i always use as the the cautionary tale is let's go back to lamar miller from way back when everybody's like give him all the touches give him all the touches give him all the touches he goes to a new team gets all the touches but he puts up almost the same numbers because he's so less efficient so i think that could be the concern for herbert that being said i still have him leading the backfield i still have herbert getting 35 percent of the rushes and 10 percent of the target share maybe i'm wrong on that and maybe Deonta Foreman gets involved more, but I don't think Foreman is anything more than the third option now. I think Johnson's going to truly be the two to Herbert's one, and then Foreman kind of fall back by the wayside. Yeah, I. it's funny that we're staying inside of the NFC North this entire podcast. That was not deliberate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, haven't, we haven't ventured out. Um, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. For me, it's I don't know where who's going to step up in the passing game like Khalil and I think that the RB1 I do think Khalil Herbert probably is the guy who's going to see the most you know opportunity and target share between these three backs what that is 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 another story because it's the Bears and we're not going to throw as much again low expected pass rate but I think whoever the RB1 is in this offense will be more efficient and produce more than where ADP is regardless just because of the running lanes that are going to open from Justin Fields and now that they have a more balanced attack with, you know, acquiring DJ Moore and they still have Cole Komet, Claypool is probably another year in the system. Uh, Darnell Mooney is healthy now. So they have a few more weapons to be able to, you know, balance this rushing attack. But my fear is that we see this three-headed monster, right? I, I do think, though, that Roshan Johnson eats more into Foreman than it does to Herbert. And I, I don't quote me on the stat, but I think, Khalil Herbert was like RB five or six last year through like the first seven weeks in, in total rushing yards. Like he looked really good. Um, mm. and, and so I know that he is a capable rusher. It's just the breaks down to how much are we going to see? Right. Cause we have Justin right. Fields who's going to rush for 22 to 24% of the rushing share, maybe more, maybe less. We have Khalil Herbert who I have projected for 29% of the rushing share. We have Roshan Johnson who I have projected for 20%. We have, you know, Foreman, whoever projects for 22%. It's like all of these 22, 23s, 20, 25s. Like we can't really give anyone this large piece of this pie because there's, there's, there is three heads. There is a rushing quarterback. So like nobody here is seeing that 60% that we just discussed. And so for me, it breaks down to just the amount of touches anyone in this backfield is going to see. I think it could be a rotation. I do think Herbert could win the job, but I just, even if he wins that job, what does that role look like? And that's where I'm stuck on him. Yeah, and I can definitely understand that. I think actually we didn't even talk about it. Travis Homer might be the biggest issue. If they slot in those two, if Homer beats out Foreman, as in being the game day active, and they're you know down to three running backs, and he gets involved because that's passing game clearly. You're not using Homer up between the tackles. That could be the real death knell to Cleo Herbert. <laughs> yeah, he's, because her, I mean, her, none of these backs are really used in the passing game, right? We have... Herbert, yeah. who saw 4.4%. I don't think Foreman has ever seen higher than 4.5% in his entire career. I think he was like 2% or something last year without verifying the number in front of me. But it's all these backs. And, and then again, this offense in general, one of the lowest expected pass rates in the offense, which is why I'm a little bit lower on DJ Moore than consensus this year. Like, love the talent, love the player, but just don't like the landing spot. And even giving this offense a boost in efficiency in the passing game, he just didn't do it for me. We'll, we'll get to him in a little bit. Let's let's move on to Rashad Penny. Um, this one, we actually have a, a big difference in our rankings. It's probably our biggest amongst everyone we're discussing today. And I like Penny. Doesn't sound like it based upon this number, but RB46. <laughs> RB46 in my projections. RB33 in yours. ECR is RB37. ADP is RB34. Um, again, this breaks down to just one. The issue with Penny and the only issue with Penny is health. If we knew that Penny would play 16 games, if you told me today, little fairy landed on my shoulder, something had a vision, Rashad Penny playing 16 games, I would probably put him in the top five in Arby's because I believe in the talent. I think he is that good of, of, of a player. He's dynamic. He just can't stay healthy. He's averaged over six yards of carry for the last two years. Yes, it's been you know reduced amount of touches because of, of health, but still, we saw that run down in 2021 when Foreman, or not when Foreman, when when um, Jonathan Taylor, you know, was 
the next year was the consensus RB1. Penny actually finished ahead of him in fantasy points down the stretch. Um, he had that amazing run during that time. And so I, I love Penny, but I don't think he's going to play 16 games, 15 games, even 14 games. On right. top of it, we have Swift. We have Gainwell, who they liked and who showed up in the playoffs. They re-signed Scott. So we have this now four-headed monster. Yes, they have a great offensive line, which is, I think, going to help all of them. Nonetheless, though, Sirianni has shown that he loves to rotate backs in, especially in goal line packages. We saw Gainwell come in and, and snipe Miles Sanders last year. We saw Scott get rotated in. Don't forget, we still have a rushing quarterback. And so when I look at this projection, I look at this, this offense, we're finally outside of the NFC North, by the way. But when I, <laughs> when I take a look at it, again, it just breaks down to Jalen Hurts, 25% rushing share. DeAndre Swift, you know, mid-20s. Gainwell's in the, in the, in the mid-teens. Right? We have Pennies, the only one I have above 30% of the rushing share. And so how does your projection break down? I'm curious where we're different on the numbers and if it's, if it's also a cluster. It's a big cluster, though, so I think we're different on numbers. Yeah, so there, there's two different things at play here. Um, so looking at Miles Sanders last year, uh, we know that like there could be somebody clearly in the lead that could be an RB1. Uh, he just did it. And it wasn't only the fact that he went from zero touchdowns to 11 rushing touchdowns. Like that wasn't, there was him staying healthy. He did see a bigger share uh, than the year before, but it wasn't massive. But you're not, nothing you said is wrong. Uh, what it comes down to is why I said there's two different things at play here. So I am for 34% of the rushing share. I have DeAndre Swift for 26. That's not that far off, which also, by the way, to go back to our previous discussion, when you're taking 26, 27% of the pie or immediately away for Jalen Hurts. So this is one of those situations where you yeah. can say 34% is by far the most of all the running backs for Rashad Penny because next closest is 25. And then after that game, we'll only have for seven and a half percent. So That's the difference. Th- yeah, yeah, that's a big difference right there. I'm assuming, by the way, you're, you're shaking your head and saying that, that, that that's the big difference there. So when you say that, that's 34%, which is only of what you're talking about, 73% left over. So he is almost like a 50, 55% share running back, but it's, again, of things not including Hertz. So that's one factor. The other is just honestly, if I'm drafting, which this is what I tell people too, is like, um, when it comes down to like the actually, I actually stopped with some of the act. Like you won't see me on the accuracy this year, Billy. I, I, I did. I stopped because I wanted to help. Like I, I was focusing more on like, look, this is exactly how I would play players. This is exactly how I would rank and draft players. And I'm not saying don't do it, Billy. If you finish number one again, you deserve all the credit. It's amazing. It's an amazing accomplishment to finish that. But I just wanted to give people like this is where my accuracy started to fall apart is because I'd rather take shots in this area. Like. If you just said it, if Rashad Penny stayed healthy, forget 16, 13, 13. (laughs) Yeah, it's a massive (laughs) return because I'm looking at the people I have behind him. Elijah Mitchell. Okay, you could argue the same thing. If Christian McCaffrey goes down in week one, massive return. But what's the return on Damian Harris? What's the return on Devin Singletary? What's the return on Jeff Wilson? And that's why, like all these names here, and even a few just in front of Penny, like I'm not the biggest Cook guy because what's the biggest return on Cook that he finishes RB? 18 maybe like he's never going to be because it's buffalo that big uh, what's the biggest return on aj dylan is one that you could argue with penny because if aaron jones goes down in week two but the thing where i'll also go one step further is all those names the ones where i said have similar upside to penny is theirs is somebody has to get hurt penny's is he just has to stay healthy he's the one that can't get hurt so that's really which i don't know which is i don't know which what's is worse. Like, i would bet money as of today he's not playing the full season <laughs> but that's why i only am for 35 percent and not 45 percent. that's true does the contract scare you at all they only brought him in for six hundred thousand guaranteed you know max contract is 2.1 million it's it's enough it's 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 low enough to cut somebody and you know it they is. added swift in inside of the the draft pretty much for only moving back 30 picks in round seven. It was ridiculous, but it's looking at it this way. What we're talking about right here. when you said at the top of the show about August, if camp comes around and uh, he hasn't been able to get on the field, nagging hamstring, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. And, we, and he barely practices this all season. There is a world where you just said at the contract, there is a world like, let's be clear. You're drafting today. This is a zero sum game potentially for you. Like this is by August, you could have no running back because Penny might not be on this team. You are not wrong about that. Yeah, I, I think he makes it. I think they rotate them all in. I think that they're all, if you think about it. Yeah, but if he never gets on there, like we'll just cut it. We're done with this hamstring crap. He can't even get on the field. Like that, the way I, I look at it is a, you're probably not going to get a full season of Swift and Penny combined. 
<laughs> that so. is true. So they really only have three running backs on the team. Can combine for Scott. 16 games. That's what we were saying. Yeah, draft game. Just draft Austin Scott. He always gets all the goal line rushes when the lead option goes down. <laughs> it was like my underdog team last year. I finished in the finals for the the um, the playoff challenge, and I just went all I went all three running backs in in this backfield. I just went I went Gainwell, yeah. Sanders, Scott. <laughs> I've had like, Scott so many score. best ball teams the last two years just because when somebody gets hurt, they just always turn to him at the goal line. Yeah, and like he gets ran, and it's not even hurt. Like he just random goal line touches too. It's like, yeah, you know, it, it'll be like you know the third touchdown of the day for the running back, and here comes Boston Scott. It's like, okay, there goes all my Miles Sanders hope and glory that I had for him for another touchdown. Um, okay, uh, let's move on to receivers. So it looks like we have very similar thoughts on Penny. We just have the pie broken up slightly different. The biggest one was Gainwell actually, and I if I recall, you had Scott one spot ahead of Gainwell in your rankings. I think yeah. you had 63 and 64. So if you don't mind, let's talk about Gainwell because I have met RB60. So I have him. So you and I are, are, are swapped on Scott and Gainwell. I think that he earned the, 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 the trust of the coaches last year from playoffs. I mean, he was being utilized quite a bit inside the playoff run. Do you, so you don't expect it to carry over, it sounds like. I just, I, I like Gainwell. I just don't know that I, I expect anything to continue completely with this backfield outside of the only like i'm looking at okay swift penny gamewell scott where is the world for them to trust gamewell as half the share I mean, at least kind of goes back to kind of like the conversation before like i was talking about etn and you know some running backs never getting that kind of work because that's not what they're built for that's not james cook is good like that's why i've never been high on james cook i like james cook but in fantasy purposes so overdrafted because of the excitement i don't disagree with your take on gamewell I just I keep going back to like, let's say he got down to Penny doesn't make the team because he can't get he can't stay healthy. Let's say he's a non-factor week one. And now it's down to Swift, Gainwell and Scott. So I think Gainwell in that scenario, even if both are healthy, I think Gainwell standalone. He's the one that's going to be consistent. My concern is if it's down to Gainwell and Scott, I just believe and we've seen that Scott is the lead touchdown inside the 10 yard line equity guy. So that really is the only slight difference here is that. Again, it's what are the possible outcomes? You kind of like Pat May always says this, like create the story, like write, go through your story of how does this happen for said player? And I just don't necessarily see a world where Gainwell gets past like RB 25 to 30, where Boston Scott would be Jamal Williams rolling the dice. You're hoping for touchdowns and it could go completely wrong, but there's a world where Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell splitting that backfield and Scott ends up as a borderline RB one, which again, it's not a world that's probably going to happen. It's like universe, you know, 1534 that we don't even know about, but <laughs> filled with marijuana and, 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 and beer. <laughs> yeah, no, I, so I, I got Gainwell technically, and I've looked at this a few times. I have him for 71 carries, which would be a career high. His previous high at that point was, what is it, 68? Double check that number. Mm -hmm. 68. Yeah, 68 and 53. And so and for about half that. Yeah, that's good. That's okay. And so, I mean, but he is, if you look at this backfield, he's kind of a hybrid, right? He doesn't have the two down role. He doesn't now have, it doesn't have the three down or the third down back role anymore because Swift is there. So I can right. see a scenario where he could be the odd man out in this backfield because of his skill set being overlapped by Penny and by Swift. So it's, it's, it's right. a good look at things and it, it makes me want to take a look at Gainwell a little bit more. Um, okay, let's move along to receivers. And we're finally, again, like I said, we've been out of the NFC North now. Um, we're going to talk about first receiver is Christian Watson. So you and I are close on this one. The rest of the group is not. So I have him as wide receiver 15. I'm slightly higher than you. Again, probably a cluster thing. ECR is wide receiver 29. Um, so there are 11 spots behind you. ADP is closer to us. Wide receiver 19. Why is ECR wrong? <laughs> I I don't know what's going on with this. I actually thought I was going to be low on Christian Watson having him as a mid-low wide receiver too because of what he did last year scoring two touchdowns a game almost just so like when he was actually a full-time starter. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is gone. We are talking about Jordan Love. I think might have just come down to how scared people are of Jordan Love. Maybe that's what it is. Uh now to be clear, I only have Jordan Love throwing for 26 and a half touchdowns. Like I'm not having him walk into this job and throw 35 or 30 even. But if you look at Aaron Rodgers last year, Jordan Love's number touchdown rate is actually right around there. It was a down year for Aaron Rodgers. 
So if you are concerned about Jordan Love and you're like, this is this is again, this is why I have the customizable projections is because like you go in there and you're like, no, Jordan Love is not going to have a 7.4 touchdown percentage. He's going to have 5.4. He's going to struggle the entire year and throw 20 touchdowns. Boom, you knock down Christian Watson from 7.4 to 5. And now he's dropped almost 10 spots. I'm throwing these random numbers out. I didn't actually, you know what? Let's just do it right now. I'm going to do it. Let's say he throws for 5% touchdown share, which makes 18 passing touchdowns on the year. And that drops. Yeah, that actually drops Christian Watson under five touchdowns. That actually drops him down. Ooh, this is not going to be pretty. I can just tell you. Let's do it. So that drops him down to four touchdowns for me, which would move Christian Watson all the way down to wide receiver 27. Just like still that, higher too. than ECR. It's still <laughs> higher, but not that much more. But I mean, he fell out. He went from 18 to 27, dropped almost 10 spots. Yeah, I was pretty good on that. 10 spots almost um, yeah. just by changing that touchdown <clears throat> share. I think Christian Watson is the number one guy. The concern with Jaden Reed, who I think could be the number two, is more for Dobbs, not for Christian Watson. I think Christian 100%. Watson is clearly the alpha. I think we're talking about Dobbs versus Reed cannibalizing each other. So that's the, and that might be the biggest thing for everybody. I'm, I'm fine. And maybe this is a good buy. And this ADP, by the way, if you're playing Dynasty, this is a good buy opportunity. If you're seeing the ADP there, you might be able to go get Christian Watson cheap for the perception. Yeah, there's 258 vacated targets in this offense after everything's said and done in this offseason. And I agree with you 100%. Reed is going to be cannibalizing Dobbs more than anything. Watson, I have projected, and this is a pretty modest projection, I think, 22% of the target share. There's a scenario where this is closer to 24%, in my opinion, mm -hmm. which if we did that, he's now probably a back-end you know, wide receiver one in my projections. Um, it's the touchdown upside that we just can't project well for Watson because it's like, what he did last year was unsustainable, right? But we did see the chemistry with Love even in the game that they played together where he hit him across the right. middle of the field for that long touchdown, destroyed my DFS team. But <laughs> it did. <laughs> um, Always comes back to us. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, because there's a scenario where he's, you know, a 12 touchdown guy, but there's also a scenario where, you know, we see love who maybe isn't as efficient as we were hoping for. And, and, and he sees more of that, you know, low 4% touchdown rate or, or even high three, even a worst case scenario. But, I haven't projected for 6.6 .6 touchdowns. That is a little on the lower side because I think it breaks down to the touchdown rate that I have for love. I have love at 4.4%, which is 23.8 touchdowns. Um, again, though, it's one of those things that you kind of have to look at and say, can Christian Watson elevate that number for love? Um, it's We saw it happen last year. We saw it how how boom bust he was in, in that. I should just say boom. He wasn't even bust. How boom he was in that category. Um, <laughs> Can he sustain it? That's that's the question. That the rate he did was unsustainable, but can he even maintain sixty percent of that, fifty percent of that? Right, and he can still be in double digit touchdowns. So, um, glad to see we're on the same page there. Next receiver I want to talk about is Deontay Johnson. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> this one is a big difference for us as well. I'm at wide receiver twenty two. You're at wide receiver forty two. ECR is twenty eight. ADP is thirty eight. There's not a single one. ADP is closer to you in terms of ranking, but. That's the closest that we have. Everything else is either off by 10 or more. <laughs> why? I understand that why you might be low on Deontay Johnson, but break it down for me. You, you want to do like, like what the comments usually do? Why do you hate Deontay Johnson? <laughs> this one pains me too, because if anybody knows me since basically his rookie season, it's Deontay Bay because I love him so much. I love the player. I just, this is the biggest problem here is there's somebody I hate on this team. I hate the player, Kenny Pickett. Sorry, Kenny Pickett. I hope you prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong. But never liked him in college, never like wrote him up last year. I, I was one of the biggest haters, if you want to say that. And I still over projected Deontay Johnson last year because I thought he could be quarterback proof. And he clearly wasn't uh, for everybody out there. I have him catching 59.2% of his passes this year. That would be an improvement. That's how bad it was last year. 58.5% of his receptions last year. Maybe he can get back to 60-61, but it just comes down to Kenny Pickett. I just don't believe in Kenny Pickett. Uh, I have Deontay Johnson for 22% of the shares. Like, let's also remember, Kenny Pickett, go back and would shock people. Dude didn't even throw for 10 touchdowns. Like, this was miserable last year, and I think it just gets overlooked. I'm not saying you're overlooking it, because I could just be a hater of Kenny Pickett and just... Maybe he takes off in year two, and I'm not even saying takes off in the fact that he needs to be a top-ten quarterback. But I have this team 
running 1,065 plays, passing about 55% of the time. But the problem I have is I have 360 completions. That's it for Kenny Pickett. That's 3,700 yards for Kenny Pickett. 18 touchdowns, which is more than double what he did last year. Like all, And that's the biggest thing. These are actually improvements. He has to make a giant improvement for this to be anything. And that's what it comes down to. I love Deontay Johnson. I just hate this team. I, I hate what this is going to do to Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and the rest. And I don't even think Allen Robinson's that big of a factor. I'm not that worried about Allen Robinson. I'm just worried about Kenny Pickett. That's 100% what it comes down to. Yeah, Allen Robinson doesn't matter. It's um, <laughs> it, I'm the same you. with you. He it's, was the example of being quarterback proof for the longest time until yes, he, he wasn't. Until he went to a good quarterback and then he wasn't quarterback. <laughs> and then he wasn't. <laughs> it's lost a step. Um, so for I okay, I get it. I understand why. I think okay, when you said, you know, paint the picture, or I forgot the 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 quote that you said earlier. Um that you want to create like, the narrative. Create your story. Create the narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my narrative here is that the Steelers went out and invested in offensive line, right? They went out and got Broderick Jones and pick 14. They drafted mm-hmm. Darnell Washington, who's a blocker, right? And so they then go out and they get um, another offensive tackle in round seven. So they went and bolstered this offensive line, which will give Pickett more time to, to, to throw the ball. It'll give them a little bit more opportunity to rush the ball because we saw Najee Harris getting just tackled behind the line of scrimmage last year at the line. This offensive line was horrible last year. And so mm-hmm. I expect them to be much improved, which in turn would help all of the other offensive players in this team. The, you know, Najee Harris in particular, and then, of course, all the pass catchers who are going to have more time to get the ball to the field. Looks like our biggest difference is in the projections. I think you said you had him at, what, 59% catch, catch rate? Yeah. Catch percentage. So I'm at 60.5. So that's where it is. A, a one and a half percent is the difference. Um, where do you have him in target share? I'm at 26%. Mm, I, that was 22, I believe. Let me go back. I'll double check for you. Uh, so I can run down a list. 22.1, Pickens 17.7. Allen Robinson at 12.2. I just, I do, that's, for Allen Robinson's sake, that's non-existent. I mean, to yeah. have 12% of the target share for Allen Robinson. I went um, lower. And, and so I get, well, I'm assuming lower there. The other one is, what do you have, Najee? I have Najee Harris for over 10% of the target share. Like 10, I, 10 and a half, Najee. Okay, okay. And then I have 15.3 for Pat Fryermuth. So it sounds like the biggest. 16.5 for me. Okay, so this sounds like the biggest difference just might be what's left of Allen Robinson. If he's completely yeah. left out of it, I just don't know that they don't find another solution here. If Deontay Johnson gets, like, what'd you say? You had 26? 26, yeah, on the dot. Here. I'll do it. I'll do it right now. And I'll just even tell you, like, this is what the fun of this is all about. Yeah, I think it's, it was the Allen Robinson difference. I gave him 9%. So that puts actually, that would actually put Allen Robinson like right at 9%. So that boosts for me, Deontay Johnson up to, he only gets him to 32 though. I have him for four receiving touchdowns. I, I just don't have Kenny Pickett even throwing 20 touchdowns. And again, that would be a massive improvement. So uh, it comes down to how many touchdowns. I still think this is going to be a very run balanced team as it has been. Um, my biggest, everything you argued about the offensive line was actually why I have Najee Harris as a top 10 running back this year. I truly believe he wasn't healthy to about the midpoint of the season with that list, Frank. So my positive outlook for this team is more for Harris than it is for anything in this passing game. Please, yeah, just, please again, prove me wrong, Kenny Pickett. Please do. Like I root for players. I don't want to hate and, and like see their careers fail, but I just don't believe in him. And that's the biggest problem. Yeah, our biggest is touchdowns. I did give him uh, close to five, which is closer to five than he had last year. <laughs> he had zero <laughs> last year, which was hey. just, uh, yeah, this is the crazy. Um, I don't expect him. I mean, because prior to that, and I understand different quarterbacks, but he had eight, seven, five. I have him just just around five this year. So low, it would be, you know, five more than last year, but still lower on his career in numbers. I do, I do. I mean, if you gave him just even three last year or four, I don't think he's even close to the top 40 being drafted this year. I probably think he's being drafted as a, a back end, you know, wide receiver two, high end three, probably jumps up 10 spots in ADP alone, just if he had three touchdowns last year. But I think people are soured in general. But I, I can understand your narrative as well. I see it. Um, there's a real scenario it happens. I, I am. Am, am going to I just like Deontay Johnson a lot as well so I, I'm, I'm betting on the talent here uh him being a target so. hog I would love um, to be wrong on that another one that I hope I'm wrong on but based on the numbers he moved down my rankings after being traded was DJ Moore 
So a lot of people are expecting to see an A.J. Brown effect that we saw last year when he joined with Philadelphia Eagles. But for me, it breaks down to pass attempts and volume in this offense. I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Chicago, for me, has the third lowest pass expected pass rate in, in the league. I have them for 517 passing attempts, which is a, a big jump from last year. It's not like this receiving core is completely empty either, right? They still have Darnell Mooney. They still have Cole Komet. They went out and traded for Claypool last year, and I understand yeah. Claypool didn't really do anything. <laughs> But there's still there's still bodies here, and it's not like I have DJ Moore projected for you know this this low rate. I have him for let me pull it up. I have him for twenty six again twenty six percent of target share, but twenty six percent of what I say four five hundred and seventeen just isn't a lot. And so tell me I'm wrong here because you have him a lot higher than I do. I want to say I want I want to hear your reasoning. Mm, so the percentages aren't that far off. What do you have him for touchdowns? I'm curious now. Um, touchdowns. I have them for six point two. Boom! There you go. Number eight. So yeah. uh, I have uh, J- Justin Fields close to. We do fractions, obviously, because this is all based on percentages and stuff like yeah. that. But I have him for twenty three and a half passing touchdowns. How many you have Fields for? If you have lower than that, I'm assuming twenty one two. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. And I have probably a little bit higher touchdown share for DJ Moore. So not that far apart. But this is another thing I'll bring up. This is also where projections and ranks will differ for me. Um, now that I'm starting, like I don't know if people have heard me typing in the background. I've been trying to add some of these as we've been talking because the teams aren't 100% done across the board. But as of right now, DJ Moore for me in projections is 23. I would actually still draft them where I have them, where you have in my ranks, because this comes down to who's he ahead of in my ranks. Um, maybe I should probably flip him and Christian Watson but I kind of played the factor of like, if I'm drafting today, I'm still taking D. I love, we just went through why we love Christian Watson. If I'm drafting yeah. as a say, I know who DJ Moore is. I know I believe in Justin Fields is taking yet another step forward in an offense that's been designed for him. He's had more time. Like two years ago, this was a transitioning offense. Uh, and we're talking about, I know a quarterback, I know a player versus a question at quarterback and a question of consistency in the second season for Watson. And then I go back behind DJ Moore after that. Keenan Allen, I think he's on the downturn of his career. Jerry Judy. Who's speaking of can't stay healthy? Tyra Lockett at 21, even still like I feel like we undervalue Tyra Lockett, but at the same time, even undervalue him at 21, he's still over consensus because it's just Tyler Lockett. But Hopkins is on the downturn. Debo Samuel, I really I think last year is more of what we have to expect Debo Samuel going forward. So yeah. anyway, I'm bringing it up to say is my projections are behind. But where I would draft them is because I still believe and some of those players are actually in front of them in projections. It just comes down to what I believe in is DJ Moore. And I, this is also, Billy, I don't even know this, but for three straight years, I was called the DJ Moore hater because I would just rank him at wide receiver 18 because he always finished wide receiver 18. <laughs> Any given week, he would finish at wide receiver five or wide receiver 40. But I was like, I'm done trying to figure this dude out. He is just wide receiver 18, copy, paste, let's move on. So and, I guess I'm now the DJ Moore one, proponent. I no, know. You, said, him up you one say, spot. okay, 18, but now he's in a better <laughs> offense. Let's go and go up one spot. <laughs> go one spot higher. <laughs> all right i i know you have to run but i want to talk about one more player so we'll do this kind of rapid okay. fire talk me off the cliff i have godwin at wide receiver 14 you're at 30 <laughs> ecr is 20 adp is 29 talk me down the quick version of this 100 percent comes down to how many touchdowns does this offense score i think this is going to be very much like the pittsburgh steelers whether it's trask or mayfield probably likely mayfield as of today just 100 percent. mike evans and chris godwin are both down because of touchdowns that's all it comes down to yeah Take a look at the numbers. Well, Jake, <laughs> thanks for joining me. I, I really like talking projections. Thank you for coming on the show, dedicating the time. It. It's much appreciated. Why don't you tell the listeners what you're working on and where to find you? Yeah, well, fortunately, because as you, I think I got this sling on because I only got one arm. So my projections are done as of right now. Well, as of by the time you hear this show, my projections are done. <laughs> and I just said done. I was like, wait, hold on. As of, they're done. So that's going to be a little bit of a break for me. You can go dig through them and have fun over at The Athletic. Uh, and I'll still tweet with one hand. So there you go. At all in kid. Oh, you forgot to ask me. That comes from poker, by the way. That's I saw oh. that you had it in the notes. You forgot to ask me that. I comes from poker. That. The first tournament I ever played in with some buddies, they gave nicknames to everybody. And I was young and it's just like, oh, I have a good hand all in. I have a bad hand all in. Like, it's just like, you know, <laughs> and somebody just sit at the table, just went, damn, all in kid. And then boom, it just stuck from there. So it comes from poker. You know, wild card is what that is. There's yeah, pretty much <laughs> two, seven, all in, all in bluffing. You're never going to see it coming. <laughs>
That's awesome. Well, Jake, again, thanks for for joining the show. Appreciate your time. Uh, Loved your insights on the players. Always a pleasure. Everyone, thanks for tuning into The Dominator, and we'll see you all back here next week. Hey, you like that video, be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.